0: Alright, we're here. Welcome to episode 14 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I review music, television, and film. And if you guess from all walks of life and provide social commentary on lifestyle topics, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we aren't on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. Alright, so it's day whatever of quarantine and I think I'm finally starting to get a hang of this podcast podcasting alone thing. Uh, it's been difficult. Uh, I can I've listened to my older episodes and I've heard the trash quality, but um, I've been doing a lot of research. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos trying to improve this thing, and I think I'm starting to get a hang of it. I've been taking a lot of notes and um, I got a lot of good shit for you guys today, like legitimately good. And I'm going to take my time and I hope you guys can notice the difference. Um, We're just going to start there. I hope everybody's doing well I hope everybody's staying safe And uh, practicing social distancing I know that a couple of states Are opening back up And there are um, Some question, questionable people uh, Out there protesting To open everything back up But you know It's just not safe out there yet And you guys should You know Really do your research And make sure you're staying safe And you know I care about the world I care about you guys I care about the listeners And um Yeah that's pretty much how I wanted to start today. Make sure you exercising you're getting your mental health on uh you're doing your wellness checks, you're getting your work done if you're working from home, you're getting your classwork done if you're still in college I mean, I mean, it's just what we gotta do at this time. i I'm telling you though if outside opens back up, it's gonna be a zoo it's gonna be a zoo. I'm gonna be the first one acting a fool too, so you know fingers crossed. Hoping for the best. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Let's go ahead and get started with the design of the week. So this week's design of the week is the Balloon Dog from Jeff Koons, um, which was created in 1993. And I'm going to go ahead and read off the... excerpt that i wrote which will be posted on the website as well jeff coons is a highly acclaimed fine artist whose celebration series created a tidal wave of impact into the art world what began in 1993 was a series of small to large stainless steel balloon sculptures with a mirror-like finish and various colors the focus of this the focus of this week's design of the week is on that of the balloon dog the piece is considered pop art due to its consistent reproduction in the artist factory like studio in soho new york Although Coons reinforces that his work should be interpreted quite literally, he once described that the action of inhaling and exhaling to produce an actual balloon dog is indicative of the human condition. Additionally, he mentions that while from the exterior it may seem empty, it is full of symbolism, comparing it to the Trojan horse. Success of the work speaks for itself as it sold at an auction in 2013 for a massive $58.4 million, a record price for an artist still alive i fuck with the balloon dog jeff coons you know you hear him in all the jay-z raps when he first started getting into art after the watch watch the throne effect um i kind of just wanted to focus on that because i want to focus i mean obviously the point of the design of the week is to focus on cool shit and people designing things that like look fly and you know i would say impacted the world even um but you know, Jeff Koons is just visually attractive, whether it's a piece of art that's in an art gallery, or if it's even a little figurine that you buy off Amazon or eBay or whatever that you keep in the house. So um, there's that. Moving forward though, um, a good amount of new music came out this week. So I want to start with Neiman Jay and Eric Bellinger's uh, new project, Optimal Music. That was pretty dope. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, but i think there was only like two songs that i didn't hear uh some of the standout songs that i really fucked with were uh, couch standing and that had jeremiah and wale on it and "Overtime" because that uses a a really dope division sample and um you know eric bellinger he's one of my favorite r&b artists he is a dope writer and even his own music is really great so I feel like um, whenever he puts out a project, I'm definitely always gonna have my ear to the streets. And I feel like he can do no wrong. I mean, I don't really know too much of Neiman is He might even be a producer, you know, because now that I'm thinking about it, when I was listening to the project, it's not like I heard a lot of him and somebody else singing. I just heard him now that I'm really thinking about it. So excuse my ignorance, but, um, I'm pretty sure that it's, well, it's definitely a collaborative album, but, um, I'm pretty sure that he's a producer and, um, I'm going to go into and double check that afterwards, but I'm going to keep moving forward. K camp dropped his album, kiss five. This album is fire certified fire. Um, K camp is, first of all, I just want to start and say that K camp is criminally unrated, underrated. Uh, I don't understand why he's treated the way he's treated by, I don't, I don't know if he's treated poorly by the public, but he's just, I, I don't think that he gets the recognition that he deserves. And, um, I'm pretty sure that his label treats him the same way because he went on social media uh, a couple months back and he was complaining about how, you know, he got all these streams from Renegade because it was a big TikTok sensation. And, um, you know, they don't have him on the front of these streaming playlist and yada 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 and you know they just don't treat them right and you know that ain't right anyway back to this album it's straight straight heat bro uh start to finish i don't know why people sleep on them but the standouts from this album are fall in line what's on your mind ice cold friendly black men don't cheat um and of course renegade comes at the end uh but yeah you know get that kiss five um I don't even know what else to say. Like that's that's definitely gonna be in my rotation. I'm a big R&B nigga, so I'm gonna be listening to that. Kid Cudi and Travis Scott dropped the single called "The Scots." That's a nice little rager. Um, I wish I was outside because that's the song that I would be playing if I was outside. That's like a real fire. Like on your way to the kickback, on your way from the kickback, type of song that you you know what I mean. Energies just go straight up. And those two guys, they know how to get a party rocking. I seen both of them live and, you know, both times were special experiences for me. Um, but yeah, Travis and Cuddy together can do no wrong to me. Um, I hope that this is leading up to a project because it was released under Travis Scott, Kid Cuddy, and The Scots. And I know the, no- the name of the song is called The Scots, but that's it was also released under, like, an artist's name of The Scots. Uh, what else? Chris Brown and T-Pain, they dropped a single that um everybody was waiting on, that T-Pain teased on his Instagram Live, Wake Up Dead. That song is really dope. Should be for the radio. Rapper Weed Sir sort of dropped a new song with Boogie. That's just, like, straight LA vibes. Masego dropped Veg Out, Wasting Time. Um, Masego, immaculate musician, man. He's just great. And, um, you know, another artist who can do no wrong in my eyes. So his... I don't know. His, his mind is just out of this world. And Levon Colley dropped the song Perfect is Born with uh, Ty Dolla And And um, that song is fire, too. Ty Dolla he, you know, he's very frustrating because he always knows how to make someone else's song sound immaculate. But when it comes to his music, not saying that it sounds bad because he has a classic album on his belt, which is Free TC, by the way. That's not up for debate in my eyes. But when it comes to his personal projects, it's like he gives all the good stuff away and then he, you know, he'll keep the mid and he'll put it out as a project. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But that's pretty much it for music this week. I definitely watched way more television this week than I listened to music. And I have a lot of notes. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in with Insecure. Uh, This week's episode was really well shot. Uh, The music was really well. And everybody looked great. Uh, and it was really funny. And it was like really eye opening and it moved this, uh, the season forward in a really good way. Uh, so this, the series is doing a good job of, uh, setting up the, the falling out of Molly and Issa because, you know, every episode, you know, you just have the lead up. And it's, I feel like it's a juxtaposition, um, a supposition between the lead up to Molly and Issa's breakup in addition to the, um, Black party, and you know we see that with the scene with them shopping in the supermarket right before Thanksgiving, and how they're like just bumping heads, talking about their relationships, and it's getting spicy. But you know this episode is really uh, focused on relationships, so we see a lot of like Molly and Issa, and Issa and her brother, and Molly and her dad, and Lawrence and Condola and uh especially you know with Thanksgiving being the focal point of the episode you know we get to focus on these different settings and it jumps around a lot but one of the more interesting things is seeing Lawrence's transition in the series so obviously we open the series with him like not having a job and he's like he's with Issa and he's you know trying to work into like getting in getting back into the workforce and everything like that and all of his relationship issues and now like he's in a really good place so he's in a pseudo relationship we don't really know if he's in a relationship or not it seems that he has like this perpetual issue when it comes to relationships so and the is in the relationship that he had with Issa, i mean obviously it was like Issa was carrying him in the relationship and then once they broke up he was dealing with the other women And he wouldn't commit with them because, you know, he had just gotten out of a relationship. So it was kind of like all sex. Then he met Condola and, you know, he's taking it steady and, you know, he's buying wine and popcorn and trying to invite himself to Thanksgiving. But, you know, I guess that isn't the right move either. And, um, you know, he's trying to move up in his job and his job is downsizing. So, like, he's always going through something. But at least his issues this season are much less significant than the ones he were going through uh, in past seasons because that man Booth knew some shit. However, on the flip side, uh, Condola, I feel like we learn a lot about Condola this episode. First of all, we see her friends and we learn that she was married before she was with Lawrence. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know if that's like something I missed in the first three episodes, but and y'all could let me know, write me and tell me, oh, it was at this part and da da da. But I didn't know that. So that was news to me. And when everybody just mentioned it and breezed right through it, I was kinda like, wait, huh? But yeah, so moving backwards a little bit, um, in the beginning of the episode, it starts with Lawrence and Condola in Condola's apartment. And Lawrence is getting ready for his presentation and Condola's waking up or whatever. And uh you know, Lawrence kinda they have a conversation after she wakes up about Thanksgiving and she's saying that she have a, she's having a Friendsgiving and he invites himself. And it's like obvious that she wasn't gonna invite him uh to everybody except Lawrence. But, you know, during that Friendsgiving, we learn that uh, you know, she doesn't want to get married because of her past marriage. And, um, you know, it kind of sparked something up in Lawrence that they have a discussion about later. And, um, you know, it was just a really nice scene because it showed her friends and like, it was really good dialogue and stuff like that. But we learned, we, regardless, we learned a lot about Condola because later on after the party, they have a conversation about how, uh, he doesn't want to be like a fuck buddy and he doesn't want to be a rebound. And it's, it's, She's still tripping over her ex, and that leads into a conversation about how Condola thinks that she should be worried about Issa and uh, around Lawrence because they have little jokes and stuff like that. And you know, like it was a really interesting dynamic to see them go back and forth about shit that we finally wanted to see and that sh- um, stuff that we wanted to see addressed, since you know the bombshell was dropped on us that Condola and Issa—I mean that Condola was dating Lawrence. Um, Issa blowing off Molly on Thanksgiving. Like I did, I think that it was interesting because, um, while I do believe that she should have had the conversation, um, on Thanksgiving, no. And while she was having such a good time, uh, I wouldn't want to end my holiday on such a, like, sour note of going having to meet up with my friend and talk about the issues that we've been having for months and stuff like that so I understand why she did it I don't know if I would have done it as well but um we are humans at the end of the day but Molly finally coming to gripes where her dad's issues uh from last season was really uh interesting because you know I felt like I always felt like she was tripping over that Because, you know, first of all, it's not her relationship, it's her parents' relationship. And it's one that her parents have worked through for years and years and years. And to see it finally, um, you know, climax with a conversation with her brother, it was like, yo, like, he was like, yo, like, they've been working on this forever. Like, you can't simply drop a situation just because one issue arises and i feel like that's a reflection of her for sure because whenever she has an issue with a guy it's like oh well i'm and this is what Issa was saying in the supermarket earlier as well She was like oh the old molly is self-sabotaging and yada 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 and molly has a habit of doing that uh even though she doesn't want to admit to it so that was really interesting and i just want to point out that molly has the most interesting family on insecure by far um and that also leads me to say that this episode focused a lot on family so like we see Issa's mom for the first time in this episode we see Molly's family who we saw last season again we see Kelly and her family and we see uh Tiffany her husband Derek and um Lawrence's boy I can't remember his name we still we see him in the club but you know he's not a He's not showing his girl, so it's 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 funny. I think that's like a running joke. But you know, um, what else we got? Oh, Issa and Lawrence in like the, the little restaurant. I think I thought that was interesting that, you know, that they ran into each other. I don't know. I I it was it was funny to me that Condola came out of nowhere because like obviously I didn't think that they were like meeting up, but like that little interaction with them and her walking up made for uh, an awkward situation which obviously came back to bite him in the ass later on with the argument or whatever um yeah and then the episode kind of just ends off with you know lawrence laughing at Issa's instagram and her about to reply and some shady shit about to happen i don't know um her brother was definitely the standout episode i mean the, the standout character of this episode uh he had the funniest one-liners and he was just speaking real shit when it was at the Mexican restaurant because you know you just gotta be who you are like and you can't be you can't be apologetic for the person that you are and you just gotta live your truth so you know all in all it was a really good episode and um yeah let's move on so uh it's when you guys hear this episode, it's going to be uh, April 27th, but it's April 26th now, and it's the anniversary of Chernobyl. And, you know, when I was doing my notes for the week, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and watch the miniseries on HBO. And when I tell you that this is like some of the darkest television I've ever watched, it's like, dark, like dark, dark. Like I couldn't watch more than two. Epi- it's only five episodes, but I couldn't watch more than two episodes at a time. Like that's how depressing it is. Uh, it's, it's just crazy. So the series follows the, um, 1986 event in Chernobyl, uh, the Chernobyl factory where the nuclear power plant exploded. And this was like major in Russia, by the way. So this was a major event and it is crazy because it puts it into perspective of how, recent this event was um so in 1986 uh there are a bunch of scientists working in a factory in a nuclear power plant factory where they were supposed to be running a test uh to see if the nuclear uh reactor could work without the support that it needed and when they tried to run the test um it basically exploded and the series walks you through that but it just shows like the mistakes everybody made, it um, is a reflection on communism and how that works within the government and how, you know, everyone works for the state so the state can never be wrong and how you don't want to embarrass the state and, you know, all government officials just have unlimited power basically to pull people out of their houses and use them at will and that's what happens with the scientists, that happens after the reactor blows up and people have to go clean it up. That happens with you know everything with like evacuations and it's just it's just a wild ride from beginning to end. Um, the scientists they did everything they could to fix the issues that um that were occurring, but you know it it was what it was. A nuclear power plant exploded and they had to evacuate a whole city, and people wanted to uh, reveal the truth. But Russia didn't want to risk, you know, embarrassing themselves on a world stage. So the so the truth was suppressed for such a long time. And it took basically the lead scientist killing himself for uh, these things to happen. And, you know, outside of that main story, because that's basically what the main story focuses on. But you see other things like a young woman and um, her husband and her, her husband had. How her husband was a first responder who was like directly affected by the radiation, how she was pregnant, and how that that how the radiation affected her pregnancy and then how they had to uh evacuate the towns and kill all the pets. So, you know, you had to just go door to door killing dogs and cats and everything like that. And, you know, it just took a toll out of everybody. And it was a really cataclysmic event. And the government could have avoided the whole thing if they weren't too worried about their reputation. But following the suicide of that scientist, um, a lot of the truth was revealed. And, you know, the the circumstances of how the reactors were functioning and how they operated were changed so that another Chernobyl wouldn't happen again in Russia or anywhere for that matter. So. Yeah, that's Chernobyl. It's on HBO. Everybody should go watch it. HBO is free right now for the quarantine. Um, so yeah. Moving on. Uh I binge watched Better Call Saul. It's on Netflix right now. Well, the first four seasons are on Netflix and the fifth season just aired on T V. And I kind of I watched the first two seasons, um, a while ago, maybe last year, and um it was really good, but you know, I just I watch so much TV and stuff like that. So I just, you know, some shows just take a backseat. And that was one of them. But, you know, I love Brick and Bad so much. Like, I'm like a Brick and Bad stand that I was like, you know what? Let me just revisit this. So I started watching season three again. And, yo, this show is so good. Like, it, like I love shows that get better every season. And I don't know, Vince Gilligan, he's just he's just great, man. Like, his the world that he's created and these characters, like, and people coming back that were in Breaking Bad, you know, it's just, it's all good. It's all good. Um really, truly forgot how good the show was. And, um, you know, season three focuses on uh, uh, trying to tear down Jimmy for the events that happened in the previous season. And they basically just go back and forth with that um, throughout the entire season. And it results in Jimmy losing his uh, license to practice law. And it's like a lot happened, and season four is just basically the events of what happens while Jimmy isn't practicing a lawyer, isn't isn't a practicing lawyer, and it's the slow progression of Jimmy turning into something. So it's all good stuff, and I just started watching the fifth season on my little free movie website. And yo, this show is really good. It's just, it's really fantastic. It brings the world of Breaking Bad together in a very concise way. And it doesn't create more issues than it needs to with it like moving backwards. So I really enjoy it. So you guys can go ahead and go ahead and watch that. Cause, um, you know, I would say, I would say watch Breaking Bad first. Watch Breaking Bad and then watch El Camino on Netflix and then start Better Call Saul because, you know, then everything will make sense to you. So, yeah, I was also able to catch the second part of The Last Dance. I know that uh it leaked online. So a lot of people have seen most of the series already. But, you know, I'm not jumping up and down in my seat to catch all of that at one time. Uh, i rather just like take it in slowly. And that second part was crazy because it focuses on Scottie Pippen and, you know, his issues with the Bulls at the time uh, of that last season. And, you know, he was getting robbed, yo. Like, it's crazy. First of all, Jerry Krause didn't want to get he didn't want to fix his contract and he didn't want him to leave. So that caused issues with Jerry Krause. He was disrespecting him in public. You know, he had to have conversations with Phil. He had to have conversations with the owner. Uh, when when uh Scotty had to get surgery and he wouldn't come back, he wouldn't come back because he wanted to force a trade. Jordan uh said that he thought he was being selfish. Um, and to be honest, he deserved all the money that he wanted because the Bulls struggled without him. Like they were zero four on the road when they first started the season. Like they couldn't get they couldn't get any wins um and you know it just it just showed in their performance and like just to put it in perspective he was the 122nd highest paid player in the nba and he was the sixth highest paid player on the bulls but he was number one in assists and he was number two in points and he was number two in rebounds on the chicago bulls who had won five championships at this point so it's like it just doesn't make sense it it really doesn't make sense um yeah now, on to something that I happened to stumble across while watching Netflix this week. Uh, it was this little show that just premiered called Cooked with Abyss. and it actually happens to be hosted by Khalees. Yes, milkshake Khalees. Um, it, has, it features celebrity guests, judges like Ricky Lake, Joe Coy. I think Boldy James was on an episode. I hadn't watched it, but I think somebody tweeted it out. But, um, you know, I haven't finished the whole series yet, but it's really dope um but you know that's like two of my favorite things which is cooking shows and weed uh some other cooking shows that i love is chops you know diver uh diners drive-ins and dives bong appetit fuck that's delicious um and cake boss but anyway, the show does a good job of telling you what level the food is being infused at and how many milligrams of thc is being infused it's just that like with celebrity judges uh, you got to get the right people because my beef with weed cooking shows is that some of these people aren't experts in weed and they're not experts in food. So, like, who are they to tell me, like, oh, this is a really good dish or, man, I can really smell the or I can really taste the, the THC and or I'm really getting high. And it's like anybody could do that. Um, it's entertaining. Nonetheless, I just wish that it would become more refined And a little bit more sophisticated but that's just me being bougie um like i said i didn't watch the whole uh season yet so i don't have much to say about it so i guess i'll just leave it there finally i'll talk about the one movie that i did catch this week which was the lighthouse and i was very excited because i really wanted to see this movie so when i found out that it was on amazon prime I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and get into it. And I'll even talk about it on the podcast. So I sat and watched that whole movie. And yo, great film. Like Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, absolutely amazing performances by both of them. Um, so for people that don't know, it's a film about uh, a young man who comes to work on a very small island that has a white house and um, has a lighthouse excuse me, and the lighthouse is ran by another man. So it's basically just them two on a very small island surrounded by the sea. And basically insanity ensues because it's just them two. They're only surrounded by each other. And the older lighthouse keeper treats the younger man who's there to work, Robert Pattinson, like shit. So he treats him like shit all day. And then when they have dinner at night, he wants to have like casual conversation with them. So it leads to them both being driven insane. Robert Pattinson, he's just counting the days until he can get off the island. Then when it comes to him getting off the island, there's like this big storm. So then nobody comes to get him. And, um, you know, it's really it's really well. It's really well shot. Um, the lighting is amazing in black and white the sound editing is great um excellent music composition and then you know is one of those films where a lot can be left up to interpretation so you know there's a lot of scenes that happen and you're like wait did that happen or is that a figment of his imagination and then there are like even moments of dialogue where you're like wait how are you saying that he did that when he when you just you know so there's a lot of confusing moments And I feel like it's something that you should really watch, um, probably by yourself, just so you don't have to sit with somebody that's going to like consistently ask you questions, or if you like want to run it back to like watch it again. And, um, you know, four stars I would recommend. And, um, that's pretty much it for today. You know, uh, I really like the flow of this episode today. You know, I took my time with it and, um, I really hope to like bring you guys really quality content and I'm working on bringing I'm working on getting guests on the show remotely. So I just bought a bunch of new equipment that uh will allow me to do that and in the coming weeks uh we'll be able to have conversations with other people and um hear that. But for now, you got you stuck with me. Uh unless of course we outside by then. So Whatever. But, you know, Uh, anyway, let me get out of here. Send topics, questions, music and movie suggestions if you want to. And you can follow us on the podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Versus Mike History. Follow me on Twitter at Mike History and follow me on Instagram at Last Name History. And of course, where you can find all the content of Versus Mike History at versusmikehistory.com. Um, Oh, and Patreon. We're on Patreon. There's two tiers. There's a $5 tier and a $10 tier. It comes with exclusive content. When people start subscribing and becoming patrons, they will start getting exclusive content there. So yeah, Versus Mike History, we out.